0: Welcome to the Talking People and Technology podcast. My name is David Gazzarotto, and it's great to be here, as you can hear and see, live from the ATC event here in Sydney. I'm privileged to have with me from um, Olivia by Paradox. Correct. Yeah? Uh, Rob McIntosh, the Chief AI Evangelist. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to be back home. Excellent. Good stuff. Yes, well, um, as we just, uh, just found out, you're, uh, you're a local boy... Um, as an Aussie, yep. but you're living in the states these days. So yep. whereabouts uh, whereabouts
1: are you? In Atlanta, Georgia, but spent some time in Seattle. Fantastic. And then made my way from there from Toronto, Ottawa. So I've been been around, so to speak. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. But
0: uh, with uh, Paradox, is Paradox the company? Yes, or the yeah, brand?
1: so company is Paradox. Yep. Uh, the product is Olivia. Yeah, I know Olivia,
0: yep. the product. I've seen her you know, yep. sort of getting around these yeah, conferences. Yeah, so people
1: interchange the words, and we're
0: fine with that because yeah. you know it's all connected anyway. Brands a brand, hey. Yep. Good stuff. Um, so, look, uh, why don't you just give us the elevator pitch on Olivia? Um, I've, um, I've seen her in action. Um yep. But, uh, yeah, how about you just tell us so, the story?
1: Sure, though. So, uh, Olivia is what we define as a conversational AI assistant. Yep. Uh, she's being leveraged by over 100 companies globally. Uh, Predominantly, the sort of the main places they leverage, Olivia, is that what you define as probably the the main parts of the recruiting workflow top of the funnel. So answering candidates' questions, pre-screening candidates against requirements for jobs or requisitions, automating the interview scheduling process, and also automating employee referrals. We've got some other potential solutions in the pipe, which clearly I can't talk about.
0: Oh, okay. you have to shoot me? Uh, no, I just can't talk about it. It's not like we're going live to the entire planet here, you know? Yeah, you ma- ma- maybe, maybe I might sign an NDA and then we we'll, should be good <laughs> to go, right? Sounds good. Awesome. So, um, well, obviously this conference, the theme of the conference is AI. Yep. Um, you must surely have a view on what is AI. Um, so perhaps yeah. you can finish, finish us with... Um, what an expert in the subject might describe it as? Yeah, and I'm actually going to probably give you an answer you didn't expect, okay. which, which is
1: always probably the better answer anyway, right? Um, I actually have found in my travels in the last couple of years, speaking with you know heads of HR and talent acquisition, to tell you the truth, they really don't care too much about the definition. They're more focused on, well, what is this technology? What problem does it solve? Because if you go online and try and see the debate and definition around the actual formality about what AI is, it's all over the place, right? Some people say chatbots is AI, others won't. Some people say it's got to be machine learning and neural networks. There's so much variation in the term. Yeah. I, I just tell everyone, look, forget about the marketing buzz speak that you hear vendors use. Just really focus in on what problems is it
0: solving. And it doesn't really matter if it's AI or not. Mm-hmm. Great. So well, yeah. tell us about how you're using AI to solve problems for clients. Sure. So um,
1: probably the predominant four ways is people want to free up recruiter's time. Yep. And depending on the use case for that client and depending on the industry they're in, we see cases where they'll engage Olivia at the... At the career website or in some of their social assets to yep. answer and engage with candidates. They'll use Olivia to help pre screen or keep candidates informed of the status of their application. So we've got one client, as an example, major airline that just has so many candidates that need to be kept informed on their application status. That used to suck up you know multiple recruiters' times now Olivia can do that and answer those questions twenty four seven three sixty five then you 've got freeing up a time on automated mm-hmm. interview scheduling so anything where you think there's uh, a high volume low complexity task that 's not to the true added value worker recruiter yep. could and should and wants to do mm-hmm. that 's where Olivia' is really sort of helping out more than you know anything else
0: right so um, talk us through a use case with Olivia so I, um, is it Uh, Something you get a message on, interacting through iMessage or or a chat. Yeah, so
1: so Olivia is sort of multi-platform, so she could be used as a SMS chat. Yep. um, In brick and mortar stores, so it could be we have some clients that say text jobs to this number Mm -hmm. and they engage that way. We've got other clients that use SMS texting at career fairs, so that way you're getting engagement versus standing in a line. Yep. Uh, We've got other clients that use Olivia on a career website answering questions. Um, I mean, there's there's cases where you'll have Olivia go and get sort of deployed into the field and she's answering questions that we didn't even think candidates were sort of going to ask yeah and that's right. part you know when you get into the ai part of this and the machine learning yeah. intelligence of it that's where she starts to learn and understand you know what are the relevant things that she's going to provide candidates beyond the initial sort mm. of onboarding and deployment so use cases range across the board we've got some people that just want to use her uh, to do interview scheduling mm-hmm. other people want to use her to keep candidates informed so it runs a sort of broad gamut yep. um depending on volume industry she translates in 73 languages on the fly. So we've got some global clients that want a different, right. a different conversation, a different engagement um, in the Netherlands, as an example, mm-hmm. that happens to be slightly different of what you might have in Canada. Yep. So there's a varying degrees around how people use Olivia. And now even some of them are using her to help with onboarding mm-hmm. and answering employee questions around, you know, right. can I add a dependent, how much you know, vacation, sick leave time do I have? So mm-hmm. the, the application and use cases are starting to get broader Given the baseline of what she can do.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So, um, have you got a voice application for it? Or is it just simply yeah?
1: A... Yeah, funny you mentioned that. Um, so, she actually has an Alexa skill. Yeah. Uh, you can, as a recruiter, literally talk to Olivia into your phone and say, Look, I want to schedule some time with David next week. Can you yeah. find some availability? Yep. Olivia would reach out to you mm-hmm. via either email or text. She already knows my availability in the calendar, free busy time. Mm. So she'll actually, you can
0: work with and engage Olivia just by voice commands as well. Uh, very good. So, yeah, so voice and AI. Um, so what are we, uh, what are we finding are the, are the benefits, the outcomes that you're getting for clients in, in leveraging yeah. AI in the recruitment process? and I think, process? you know, that,
1: that's back to my point before. It's like, don't get wound around the axle on, on the definition of AI. It's like, what problems does it solve? You ask the most obvious question, right? What's this returning in the way of results? Yep. So, I mean, if you look at the, the engagement piece of Olivia at the career website, we've got clients averaging two 300%. So, yep. traditionally, when someone hits a career website, a lot of them bounce, don't get the answers they want, they disappear. So, we're seeing higher levels of conversion because of higher levels of engagement.
0: Yep. So, we've got Ross Clennant here dropping into our conversation. Ross, you're uh, a pretty... Em- preeminent guru in the recruiting space. Where where is AI in the recruitment space? What sort of observations can you share off the the cuff
2: with us? Well, I can only probably make comment on the agency world. Yeah, beautiful. Because I'm not really across the corporate world. And I think it would be fair to say that the agency world in Australia is lagging. Uh, There's so much, to be frank, there's so much money being made at the Mm. moment just from traditionally billing, temp and term jobs, the old way, yep. that there's not the uh, cost pressure to look at AI in any concerted way. So, uh, you know, the long term for an agency recruiter is next quarter and no one's thinking, sorry, I won't say no one, but very few mm. agency recruiters or owners in this country are thinking much beyond next quarter.
0: Brilliant. So, um, folks, uh, Facebook Live out there on the ATC Media and Events page. Great to see you. This is the beautiful thing about doing these things live. Um, we have uh, people dropping past and joining the conversation, uh, which is which is awesome. So I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, there. You're on the Talking People and Technology podcast here live at ATC. I'm with Rob McIntosh from Paradox. Um, So, Rob, getting back to, I guess, the application of it, one of the things that I find interesting is when I look at my kids and how they're using this sort of technology, particularly voice technology, Um, we don't have Alexa here yet to the extent it's in the U.S., but certainly Google and... and, um, Siri on your phone. Siri, yeah. yeah. And just that natural engagement that's happening. um, They don't even think twice about using it. Um, I had my... um, you know, my kids in the morning will will get up at the breakfast bench, and the first thing I'll do is, um, okay, Google. You know, what does today look like, or what's the weather going to be? Um, so it's this natural engagement. Are you yeah. finding that's where we're headed and from a candidate experience perspective, is that what's driving some of this too? Yeah, I'm going to date myself here. So I grew up, uh, well, you know, agency
1: recruiting in Australia.
0: It's that all three of us are dated here, but yeah. we'll, we'll keep... Well, so we're on, I can see video,
1: so they can probably see your grey and my grey and, <laughs> and, and your lack of grey. <laughs> lack lack so yes. I, I think, interestingly, I grew up, you know, there was no such thing as a contact management system. It was a Rolodex and a whole bunch of files in yeah. a cabinet drawer. And clearly that's changed. Like today with my kids and each generation and each ensuing generation, how they interact and use technology is fascinating. Like Mm. I'll call my kids on the phone and they'll never answer the phone, but I'll get a text message back 10 seconds later. Mm-hmm. That's just a generational thing. Now, I'm, I'm not a text guy, but I've been dragged into becoming a text guy because of my children. Yeah. So I think, to your point, that mm-hmm. even the younger kids today growing up, you know, going through K-school and all the rest, it's going to be... I think a slide I presented this morning is just nails it on the head, that John McCarthy quote, once this stuff works, we don't call it AI, AI yeah. anymore. We just expect it, and it's part of our everyday life. I think voice-to-text... Um, is just a natural progression of... Mm. And it's more efficient, to tell you mm. the truth. Yep. It's just, I think, traditionally, where, where technology is being holding us back is we haven't had the computer processing power to be able to pull off natural language processing and accuracy of you know, text-to-speech type of conversions. Yeah. Look, I have a lecturer at home. She sort of messes up sometimes because yeah. of my stupid Australian accent, and she doesn't get me. Mm. But funnily enough, she starts to learn over a period of time I don't have to slow down, dumb it down for her. She's actually understanding what I'm asking and pretty clear about it.
0: Yeah, no, it's interesting. And I guess um, the, the point she makes, a good one, these, these technologies, um, they, they're kind of niche and interesting initially and then they become just how you go about doing yeah. it. Um, is that kind of what happens in the recruiter world? You're, it's so high pressure, you're doing what you do day in, day out. Um, is it only at the point in time where... Um, this is the best way of doing it and now a more natural way than perhaps we've done. Is that when the adoption starts to occur?
1: I'm going to say no, and here's the reason why. Um, The applicant tracking system has literally not changed and the process associated with that has not changed for 20 years. And we expect consumer-like engagement. We expect those experiences like we have on our smartphones. Mm. And you know, I'm not trying to pick on Taleo, so I'm going to use work. We'll use workday. I'll throw them under the bus instead, right? Yeah, you so,
0: and Tim Cup, and everyone else. Yeah,
1: I noticed mm. that. Um, well, that's a separate conversation for another day. But let's just say, if you try and fill out a traditional ATS application Hi, on, your, on your mobile phone, as I joke with people, it's like I would prefer a root canal. Mm. That is not what you expect, and do you get that mm. as a consumer experience? Yep. So I think. Very quickly, applicant tracking systems, CRMs, the way they engage with us is going to be dragged along a lot quicker at an exponential rate I see in the next 10 years versus the slow, painful death that we've all been experienced for the last 20.
0: Yeah. No, I think it's a really astute point. Um, I, I think what um, cloud is enabling us to do now yeah. um, is to, you know, I, I guess, innovate around the edges. And then once that becomes... The mainstream, then we just default across to that. So I think Yeah, we still a use an antiquated thing called a resume. Yeah. And, and, I mean, there's so many data points on people that
1: go way beyond the black and white of a resume, right? Mm. There's the application process, the requisition, none of this stuff's changed. Yeah. I think we'll start to see some of that change happening in the next five, probably, years, but it'll really shift the way that we're traditionally used to doing recruiting.
0: Yeah. Well, let's pick picking up on that. What What's, um? Yeah, this is all fairly new and I guess it's buzzy and all that yep. sort of stuff but let's, let's project out to say five years time How, what do you think the world looks like from a recruitment perspective? Um, so I had a slide on this that
1: look it's my best guess I'm not I don't have a crystal ball right? Okay. but my observations what I see is I think you're going to find like a role of a recruiting coordinator as an example
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? it's a it's We've decided as a, as a profession to split out the parts of recruiting, which is traditional full life cycle, and create specialization. So the specialization of a recruiting coordinator, the specialization of a brand person, specialization of a sourcer. I mean, we, we keep splitting, splitting, splitting. Mm. But what's, I think, happening now with technology and artificial intelligence, there's some of that stuff we've split out as a discrete task, mm. which recruiting is made up of hundreds of these discrete tasks. that they can do really, really well. And I Mm -hmm. mean, to the degree of Olivia's scheduling capability can handle the most ridiculous, complex stuff you'd expect to see in an enterprise Mm -hmm. of panel interviews, virtual interviews, sequential interviews, pulling people from a pool of interviews, um, being able to organize and book meeting rooms as well as book candidates. I mean, that level of complexity was basically the domain of why you needed a recruiting coordinator to Mm -hmm. handle all those complexities. Right now, 95% of what I've seen in the field with companies, Olivia handles that level of complexity. She can right. handle reschedules. She, can, she Look, what I love is that she can actually literally send out reminders, and she does, a day before the interview. And we know how many times people forget that I got that interview mm-hmm. and send it an hour before the interview. Mm. And she can do that en masse, at scale, literally mm. one, two thousands or tens of thousands, you, you just can't get that economy of scale with a human being they have to go to bed there's a tyranny of distance in the clock it's, that's where I see the disruption happening mm. in probably that role first but what I've said to everyone all along it's like if you're a recruiting coordinator now's the time to probably step up pick up new skills learn and add value beyond just that transactional role of facilitating an interview and that's going to happen for recruiters as well mm-hmm. so if you're a recruiter right now and all you do is process paper mm-hmm. and you handle stuff inbound and it's transactional in nature and you like that type of work i think you'll find i'm not saying 5 years it could be 7 years but in the future those type of roles will become irrelevant because mm-hmm. the technology smart enough to pre-screen automate the scheduling um, handle the FAQs it exists now today this is not fairy dreams and pipe dreams yep so I think it's the peripheral edges of the mm. future which will be interesting like mm. dedicated strategic sources doing mission critical roles where it requires outbound and relationship mm. development and back to being a people person game yep. Right, Because we'll find, we will find people easy enough with the technology mm. today. There's enough tools that can aggregate and find profiles and give you real insights. Um, you'll also find, I think, a more of a can- candidate concierge role mm-hmm. maybe starting to evolve where it's a higher-touch candidate experience because we've freed up the time now mm. of people to actually get back to being human. Yep. And I think you'll find there'll be a, the, the emergence of a role, which we keep using the cliched buzzword of talent advisor, but I finally think... You're creating the necessary space for someone to actually do talent advisor work. Markets, right. supply de- demographics, analyzing yep. the data to sh- show trends, influence, and impact. So now, f- the big, the, just the final part on yeah. this, which which is the part that I'm still not sure about. Yep. If you create technology and you create the space for people, yeah. you've got to have the people's have the competencies and the behaviours and skills mm-hmm. to occupy the space that you created. Mm. I would argue that the majority of recruiters that I've met are not even in a position. Some of them want to learn how to be better, but they're not in a position to fill that space t- today anyway. Even mm. if you created it, so there's still we've got to develop these people, train these people. New people are coming into the profession, so you mm. know we solve one problem, but we're going to ultimately probably create another problem. Is what do we do with the space we created?
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I think that's um, some some uh, really intriguing thoughts there. I, I'm going to th- I'm going to throw you into this, Ross. Um, point one you said recruiters are all too busy now to be worrying about this stuff and looking at how they So, so um, how do we create the space as Rob describes so that we can take those recruitment professionals and specialists on the journey to what life would be like in a more humanized more less process centric and perhaps more um human um Uh, intersection of um, the recruitment spaces?
2: Well, I think for agencies, the short answer is agency owners have to get out of job filling and being in their office supervising the job flow Mm. and come to conferences like this Mm -hmm. and actually understand what's going on. And as Rob very rightly said, this is not the future five or ten years out. This is actually happening right now. And if those owners are coming to conferences like this and going back to their office just with the thought of just Olivia going, wow, what could that do to my business? Mm. And if I'm not going to do it, when are my clients going to do that and make me redundant or what Mm. I do redundant? So I know that sounds like an outrageous plug for the ATC (laughs) and I'm a big fan. I've been here 10, 10 times, but really I think that's what... Agency owners yep. should be doing more of working so, on the business, not in the business. Just, yeah. just
1: related to that, if I can add on, I, I yeah. think, and I'd be curious to get your reaction to this, Ross. I think as TA professionals, we don't do a really good job of understanding how a business is run. Mm-hmm. A lot of TA leaders I, I, I meet can't understand the baseline of a P&L They mm. don't understand the the value that should be tied and this is agency specific because we all know that if you're an agency owner it's all about margin and profitability Mm -hmm. right and time is money Mm -hmm. so I think I'd like to think that there's a there's leaders out there that can connect the dots better in the future with this technology that says this is why as an agency owner, this is the value you get, this is how it's going to make you money, or shorten the time to fill, mm. or be able to you know, free up your recruiters to f- do more added value work, be it agency or corporate or whatever, mm. I just don't think we've done a really good job as industry professionals connecting the dots to the mm. business owners who care about making money or saving money. That's mm. just my observation.
0: Yeah, but have, I mean, the question you ask off that is, have we had to? I mean, if it's been a volume game or if it's well, been a transactionally oriented game... Well, I'd say
1: yes, because here's yeah. the reality, in the corporate side at least... Long time mm. since I've been in an agency, but mm-hmm. I'm sure the same applies. If I'm trying to convince a business leader to do something, and they're ultimately the decision maker, and I don't have any control except to influence, mm. the better I get at influencing that behavior tied to business objectives and tied to the financials of how this adds that yeah. value, yeah. then I get people funding my projects more. I get people buying into my strategies more. I learned that lesson a mm. long time ago at Deloitte. Mm. I just, I think sometimes... TA leaders and HR leaders need to spend more time understanding the, the, the mm. financials of how a business works and how business decisions get made yep. so they can better tie their strategies and their investments to that wagon. My- I, think,
0: I think that's uh, um, certainly in my, I've been 25 years um, in HR and HR technology and that has been the bugbear for all that time. It's it's the connection to the, st- the strategic alignment mm. really and it affects all aspects of, of the HR but it's particularly acute when we get into TA because yeah. that that is where the execution of business strategy intersects with people management.
1: Yeah, I think people default to saying, oh, well, I'm in a cost centre and I'm at the biggest expense in the cost centre, which yeah. is HR, and recruiting is that biggest expense. Well, is me. I can't mm. do anything about it. I'll just yeah. but
0: deal with it. Every mistake we make in, in hiring has big ramifications yeah. downstream. So
2: it's Well, and I, and I think the, the absolute common ground here that I can see with corporate TA and agency recruitment um, is that, Overwhelmingly, it's had a history of being completely reactive. And the opportunity for AI is to turn it around so both corporate TA and agency recruitment is far more proactive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if we get to that point or certainly make substantial progress towards that point, we're starting to win. But at the moment, and I can only really speak for agency recruitment in Australia, it's still far too reactive. Mm. Interesting.
0: Well, I think um, as much as we uh, we've got plenty more to discuss on these topics, it probably needs red wine or something uh, a bit stronger. I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, but I really appreciate your time, Rob. Great chat um, with you. So obviously, we can find Olivia online somewhere? Do we just yes, call your name out in Google? or uh, Not that advanced yet. <laughs> uh,
1: but if you went to paradox.ai, you could find out more about Olivia. Look, th- 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 I would encourage you to do this. If you're yeah. going to go to the website, you're going to see what clients use Olivia, and mm. some pretty big clients. If you go to their career website, you're going to see Olivia in action and you can literally have a conversation with her and sort of get a feel for, Geez, that's pretty intuitive mm. how she you know, understands the intents of what I'm asking for, thus the natural language processing part of Olivia. Yeah, yeah.
0: awesome. Well, I encourage everyone to do so. Ross, uh, my, my sort of surprise spontaneous co-host, <laughs> thanks for joining us as well How's and we'll, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you through the rest of the event. Um, so thanks folks for all we got time for. We'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye.